0: I love this um season of opportunity it's what I call the the summertime ministries uh not only the house of prayer but but churches mission trips ministries uh, it's an awesome 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 time and thank you for those of as Carol said those of you that that give those of you that volunteer those of you that pray and uh I was thinking it's, it's uh Zach and Cole, it's less than a month till uh, till upward less than a month to upward football and cheerleading. And uh, again, there's a, there's tables in the foyer. I know some of you have got the prayer pin to remind as a reminder to pray, or the bracelet, or um, whatever's out there. We'll have posters next week for you to take to work and uh, or take to where you shop and put them up. But we want to we want to pray and we want to work while it's day. Amen. Amen. Well, we're in Matthew chapter twenty-five. It's uh, it's, it's most likely in the scripture, in the text that we're in. It's, it's Wednesday of the final week of Jesus' life on Earth before his crucifixion. He is. Uh, it's late Wednesday. They've been. They were, that morning. They were in the temple area, the Temple Mount. They walked across Kidron Brook. They went up on the Mount of Olives. And there on the Mount of Olivets, his disciples ask him, "When's these things going to be? When's the temple going to be destroyed? When are, when's, what's the signs of your return, and what are the signs of the end of the of the age?" And Jesus has has this Olivet discourse, and in Matthew twenty four and twenty five, has has really been addressing those questions. The sun is beginning to set. Wednesday afternoon, after Jesus answers those questions, he quickly follows them up with three parables. The parable of the the steward, the parable of the virgins, and the parable of the talents. And all those parables were designed to, to say one thing for us. Watch, be ready. Now, Jesus' parables are over, and Jesus speaks very clearly and plainly of judgment to come. We're going to pick up in verse 31. Let me pray. And then we're going to to walk through this. Father, now, Lord, we welcome, I welcome your Holy Spirit. Father, you be our teacher. You be the preacher. Take your word that is spirit-breathed. And Lord, reveal it, open it up so it's clear to us. And not only clear to us to grow by, but Lord, be in us changing us and growing us more and more into the people you want us to be. In Christ, I pray, amen. We're picking up with verse 31. Verse 31, Jesus says, Now when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. I read this, and I think, wow. Now listen, within 48 hours, within 48 hours, Jesus speaking this, he knows he's going to be hanging on a Roman cross, crucified, dying for the sins of the world. The disciples don't know that yet. he's preparing them for this. Matter of fact, just as you look over in, in chapter 26, second verse, he says, he says, you know, in two days is a Passover, and then the son of man is going to be betrayed to be crucified. So, so he's looking at the cross. It's imminent. It's right there. And yet, in the light of the cross, Jesus speaks of this great glory and power of his coming. It is uh, it, it's something. His, his, as on the cross, and the, they there at the betrayal. The disciples will, will run in fear. They'll, be, they'll hide because uh, they think the Romans are coming after them. Then on the third day with the resurrection... They'll find new hope. They'll find a new courage. They'll find a new way of living in his resurrection, in the light of his resurrection. He's going to go back to the Father. He will send the Holy Spirit to indwell them and the believers who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And they will learn to walk by faith and not by sight. He's going to be taken away. But they're going to learn as we learn to walk by faith. Years would turn into decades. The disciples all but one would die a martyr's death, proclaiming the gospel, this good news that Jesus has shared with them now for these three years plus. And even after their their death, this gospel would go and would reach and would fill the earth. Generations would turn into generations. Kingdoms would rise and kingdoms would fall. Armies would clash in tremendous conflict. And yet the long march of history would slowly continue. And Jesus knew then and even then knew that there would be a 21st century that we're living in today. And he would remind them when he came, the first time is for us to consider when it came the first time, there was a, there was a tremendous uh, angelic choir that sang. But who was the recipients of that? Fred, only the, only the shepherds out on the hillside. Fred's talking about the blessings and man to be ushered into the very presence of God with praise and adoration of who he is and the meat and the songs. But his first coming basically was unexpected and unnoticed by the world. There'd be a virgin, young virgin girl and an expecting husband there with, with her that would be aware of this. But basically he came the first time the way his father intended to introduce the world to his son. He came as a lamb. He came meek. He came lowly. He came to offer his life for our sins. But now Jesus says, When he returns, when he returns, it will be with power and glory, and every eye will see him. And notice what he says. When he returns, he's going to return with all the angels, and then he is going to take a seat on his throne, and it will be him. It will not be Muhammad. It will not be Buddha. It will not be Confucius. It will not be a council of religious leaders. It will be Jesus Christ, God's son, our savior, and the reigning king. And he's going to sit on his throne. Wow. And notice what he says. He says in verse 32, and before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divides the goat and the sheep. Now, other translations, when it says um, nations, before him would be gathered nations. What's translations got? You know the translation of anything differently? The the Greek word is ethnos. It's where new tribes changed their their name to ethnos 360. Ethnos, and it means peoples. All the peoples of the world. Uh, Some people take this to to mean that, that God is judging the nations. I think an accurate translation is that God is judging the peoples. When we stand before him, we're not gonna stand before him as Americans or as Africans, or as Chinese, or as Japanese, or even as Hawaiians, or Canadians, we're gonna stand before them individually as people. Now, Scripture, scripture talks about, very clearly talks about uh, judgments that we are gonna give an account. Uh, as you look at Scripture, and then there are those that are much more knowledgeable than, than I am and probably will ever be uh, about these judgments. But basically, my understanding is there is a, a judgment seat of, of, of Christ where every believer will stand before God and give an account with what we've done, with what we've been entrusted with. There's a great white throne judgment, Revelation talks about it a lot, where um, every person will, they will stand before for Christ and give an account on what they've done with his son, Jesus Christ, did you receive my son? He died for your sins. This judgment, as you look at this judgment, a, a, a lot of people tend to, to think that, that basically this judgment is taking place sometime at the end of the great tribulation period. Remember, Jesus has been talking about. He's talking about the sign of his return and he's talking about the sign of the end of the age. And he's talking about that there will be a time on earth when a, when a charismatic leader will, will rise to prominence. And the world will marvel at this man and his abilities. And he will basically set himself up as God and, there, and with a religious component to that as an antichrist and the antichrist and the one world leader. And rising to power, there will come a time then when he not only expects, but demands the worship of the world. And those who will not receive his mark either in their, fo- and their hands or on the forehead then, then they are going to be wanted and hunted down. There will be criminals of the state It will be dangerous to be alive during those times and and go against that system. In the midst of that, Jesus told us how he would, with Israel, that those who have looked upon him and rejected him, then they will accept him. And and, in that time and during that time, he will raise up his 144,000 young Pauls to evangelize the world with his message. And there will be those that, that most likely that will be assisting them on and at the risk of, of them dying and being killed and captured. And so a lot of people think that, that this judgment may be at the end of that time. I don't know. But I think what I, I do know definitely and certain as we look at this as we learn some things. Look what happens. It says, and before him all the nations gathers." And he, verse 33, will set the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. I don't know a lot about sheep. Uh, some of you are very much more knowledgeable than I am about sheep. Uh, I'm sure a good shepherd, and this says he'll sep- separate them like a shepherd separating the sheep. Boy, that's pretty good. Uh, he, he, he'll do it. Best. And I know if you have around him a lot, you probably can just look at him and tell and I think, well, a, a goat has horns, but then I realize all goats don't have horns, you know? There's, there's probably, you know, and I'm sure there's other ways, but those that are around him all the time know this. But what stood out to me is, he, that, is that Jesus just divides, he knows, and he divides them. And notice what happens. Notice what happens. He, he doesn't ask any questions Uh, Jesus, and and, and as we read this, notice what he says here. He says, And he shall set the sheep on his right, the goats on his left. Then shall the king say unto those on his right, verse 34, Come ye blessed of the Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Remember that phrase. There is a place. Jesus, in, in, in less than 24 hours, in about 24 hours, Jesus is going to be with his disciples in an upper room. In John 14, the last night with them, he's going to say, let not your hearts be troubled. He's getting ready to leave. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Do you believe in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. Remember what he says? He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, what do you say? I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. Jesus is prepared a place for all those who love him and have accepted him as Savior, a place where he desires us to be with him in eternity and with all the others who have accepted him. And so the the king here says to those on his right hand, come and enter your blessed of the Father. Enter the place that's been prepared for you. Look at what he says, verse 35, "For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, you gave me water. I was a stranger, you gave me hospitality. Naked you clothed me. I was sick, you visited me. I was in prison, you came and sat with me. And it surprised him. It surprised the sheep. The sheep said, "Lord." When, when did we see you hungry and, and give you something to eat? When did, we give, when did we see you thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we, when did we, when was, when did we see you as a stranger and, and welcome you? And when did we give you clothes? When was you sick? When was you in prison? When, we don't know what you're talking. When, what are you talking about? And the king, verse 40, shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you. And as much as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. Now, as we look at this, and we're going to look down at what he says to those on his left. But as you read this, some people read this and they say, obviously, that we're saved by doing good works. And the answer to that question is absolutely not. Scripture is so clear over and over and over. One of the clearest scriptures in Ephesians 2 says, For by grace are we saved through faith, and that not of ourselves this is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We are not saved by what, by our works, by what we do. These people did not go into heaven because they did of what they did. Now, follow me, follow me on this. If we could be saved by be doing enough good works, if we could get into heaven by, and there are religions of the world that are out there, and this is the way they have a manipulating and motivating people, And they're saying, if you do this or you do that or you do this, you do this, then you will be accepted of the Father or of God. God's word, which we have given to us under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says that there is one way. Jesus in John 14, 6, where I just shared with you about going to prepare a place. And he said to him, I'm going and where I'm going, you know, and you know how to get there. And Thomas said, Lord, we don't know. We don't know where you're going and we don't know how to get there. And there's gonna come a time in the world, he didn't say this, but it could be implied, there's gonna come a time in the world when people are gonna be pointing in this direction and that direction. People are gonna say, you gotta go to church. People are gonna say, you have gotta give money. People are gonna say, you have gotta do good works. People are gonna say, you have gotta eat green peas. Well, that would be a bummer. But they're gonna have all, man's gonna have all kinds of things that they tell us we have to do to get to heaven. And you know what, Jesus? Jesus could have went, he he might have went on a long list. You know what he said? He said, I'm the way. John 14, 6. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. What did he say next? No man, no woman, no boy, no girl, no man of good works. No one comes to the Father, what? Except through him. It's a narrow way. It's Christ's way. Jesus is not saying in this, in this what he's sharing with us this morning, he's not saying we're saved by what we do, but he is saying what we do comes from who we are and is revealed in our actions. And so as we look at this, the, the, the sheep, genuine faith, in christ has been producing in them the inevitable fruit of doing good not to be accepted but because they have been accepted that makes all the difference in the world and 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 it grieves my heart listen to me you know about everyone there's not a person here if we had a scorecard, and every time we'd done something good, we came to Pastor Jeff and Sarah this week, you know, the next three weeks at camp, say, here, would you check this off? And I want to show God I was here serving, man. And I did that, which nobody else wanted to do. And you brought your scorecard to me, and you know, a month from now, and you said, Pastor Jerry, listen, I'm going to sign up for Upward. And I'm going to be a volunteer for Upward. Would you sign this? Because I got to show God when I get to heaven, man. Listen, and, 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 and we do, and we go through life doing this, and we're hoping that when we get stand before him, he's going to have a set of scales and he's going to lay all the bad over here and he's going to lay all the good over here and we're hoping this good's going to go heavy and he's going to say, come on in because of all you've done. It won't happen. And people are wearing themselves out, being, doing, trying. When Jesus Christ has done, said, it's finished, it's over, it's paid. Do you put your faith in me? Trust in me. So they stand before him. And then he says, "In as, much as you did, the least of these you did to me. Come in. Now notice this. Then shall he say unto those on the left, the goats, depart from me. You're cursed into everlasting fire. Notice this now. Prepared for the devil and his angels. You see that? You see that? God never prepared hell for people. Hell was never intended to be a place for people. We go there, we go there as an intruder because he prepared a place for us and all we need to do was prepare for that place by putting our faith and trust in him. And he says to them, depart into this place that's been prepared for you. Or for Satan and the devil and his angels. Look at verse 42. For I was hungry and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. And I can just imagine both the, the sheep and the goats. And they're, and they're thinking, oh, you didn't even ask us. You didn't even ask us. You didn't ask us if we belonged to the church or which one. You didn't ask us which Good charitable groups or clubs we're members of. You didn't ask that. Can we we tell you about all we've done? Jesus just separates the sheep and the goat. Notice, he says, I was hungry. You gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty. You didn't give me anything to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't clothe me. I was Sick and in prison, you didn't visit me, and then they were as surprised as the sheep were. The goats were just as surprised. when? Why, Jesus, if we'd have seen you hitchhiking we'd have picked you up, man. Jesus, if we'd have seen you on the street corner, if we'd have seen you, we'd have give you something to eat. It may we'd have, have give you some of our you know it may have been soup beans and cornbread, chocolate cake. You know. <laughs> Jesus, we would have let you had, let you pick the, the piece of chicken. You could have had the white meat or the dark meat, thigh or breast, wing or leg. You could have had your pick if we had known it was you. Look who Jesus identifies with in this. You see this? He said, they said, when did we see you, man? Why, Jesus, if you'd have been in the jail, we'd have come up there. We'd have you know, found time. We would have found time, Jesus, for you. And he'll answer him, and say, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. Who does Jesus identify with? The least. And he's not talking about stature. He's talking about status. Those that are despised. Shunned, rejected, pushed to the back. When pictures are taken, we don't want them up front. They used to put a, give me a mask to hold up. Now I'm just messing with them. They didn't do it. But he, he's, he's, he. Look who he identifies with. He's identifying with the needy. And what's he saying? He said, "When you heard the Christ when you seen, when I, when I showed you with." through your eyes, and you you saw, then to the sheep, he said, you let me love them through you. You were my arms to give a hug. You were my feet to go and carry some hope. You was my mouth to speak a word of encouragement when you knew they needed it. You just let me love through you. And to the goats, the goats were saying, if we had just known it was you, man, but it's all these people and they're, and they're, they're, they're not clean all the time. Sometimes they're smelly. Sheep get dirty. And he says to them, And these shall go into everlasting punishment. But the righteous unto life eternal. There's no need for Jesus to ask for more evidence. There was no need for excuses. Nothing could be more clearly dividing the sheep. As they just went about being sheep. And letting him love through them. The shepherd knew instantly. Who were goats and who were sheep. The cry of the goats reminds me of a, of a poem. I read a while back. The title of the poem is what caught my attention. First of all, I just tell you, I'm, I'm not the most. I'm not the. I don't just look for poetry and just marvel in it. I, I struggle through that. Oh. But, but when you read a title of a uh, and this is the title of a prayer, it says, A Prayer to Avoid. I thought, oh, that sounds pretty interesting. It's by Richard Woike, W-O-I-K-E. Listen to it. Be, atten- be attentive. Follow now, listen. Oh, thou pleasant, comfortable, kindly, good-natured God, how glad I am that I can look forward with a reasonable degree of certainty to another ordinary day. Keep me today from anything that taxes my faith, causes me discomfort, or puts unnecessary strain. Keep me today from unusual problems, especially those involving sickness or death, or the necessity of extending financial aid to friends and family. Dear Lord, grant that nothing may occur which will disturb my satisfaction with the way I am. The things I say and the thoughts I think and the acts I do are the many deeds I leave undone. Give me this day, in addition to my daily bread, the butter, meat, and desserts that are my necessary diet. And let me not be troubled by qualms of conscience concerning the amount of time and money I spend on food and clothing, pastimes good and bad, and those pursuits, which while are not of spiritual value, are the accepted hallmark of the normal citizens of this enlightened community in this enlightened age. And about the future and the darkening trends of things keep me from thinking about them too much. Events rush on. The world travails. Can screaming headlines prove thy hands at work this very moment, bringing near that faithful cry, Behold, he comes? O oh Lord, such disconcerting thoughts. Keep me from worrying about such things and guide me safely to and from my office and my home. Amen. To be so enamored with, I do know what that means, to be so enamored with and engrossed with ourselves, me, myself, and I, that group, that we fail to recognize even the least. We may be failing to recognize Christ. But to those that know Him, from their heart, from their heart proceeds that which they do that reveals who they are. And there's a prepared place for you with Him. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Him, maybe you're here this morning. And all of a sudden, you're feeling really uncomfortable. Uh, let me just say a word to you. I, 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 if you're uncomfortable because of anything I've shared, if it's from God's word, after something Jerry Houghton shared, if the soup, beans, and cornbread, and black and, and chocolate cake that makes you uncomfortable, that's on me. But if you're uncomfortable because of God's word, I'd rather you be uncomfortable with what the Holy Spirit is saying to you now and deal with that. And to be comfortable now, I me mean, not just say it's okay, do whatever you want to do. Jesus loves everybody. He does love everybody. He's got a place. He's got a house prepared big enough for everybody. He wants you, as Gary prayed, he wants you in relationship with him. He wants you to spend eternity with him. But you can't do enough good to be accepted of him. All you can do is like a drowning swimmer and throw up your hands and say, I can't go any further. I give up. Then they're ready to be hit. And when we say that to, to our Father, God, God, I can't go any further. I'm a sinner. I'm in, I need you. Then he's ready and willing and longing to accept us, bring us, and let his Holy Spirit, bring us to where he is and let his Holy Spirit come and live within us. Maybe you're here and, and you're uncomfortable. And, and it's my prayer that just in a few minutes, you're going to pray and ask Christ to come in your life. Maybe you're here and, and and the Holy Spirit's just speaking to you about a lot of other things. And you just need someone to pray with. It's, at the end of the service this morning, Frank, Mr. Frank Combs and Lois. Where's Lois? Uh, Lois is back here. They're going to come down. They're going to be up front. And they'd love to, to pray with you. Anything that's troubling you, they'll pray with you. Maybe you're here this morning and and you've... You believe in Jesus and you've trusted him, but you've just kind of been trying to hedge the bed a little bit, okay? Yeah, I believe that Jesus is God's son. I know he died on the cross from me. But just in case that ain't good enough, I'm going to do all these other good things. I'm glad you do all those other good things. But, there, but don't do them out of, a, out of a got to to be accepted. If you're doing them out of a want to because you know you've been accepted and you know who you are, jump on board and have a ball. Because it will not wear you out then. But if you're doing it, trying to earn it, and trying to do enough good, you will wear yourself out all the time because Jesus has already done it. And maybe this morning, there may be those here and say, You know what, God? I am so tired of doing this from a, from a feeling like I've got to. I'm going to do what I do from now on because I want to. I'm going to do what I do from now on because you you show me and you lead me and I see you and I want you to love through me. I want you to live through me. So I'm going to quit trying to work my way and I'm just going to start worshiping the one that I love and I'm going to enjoy the walk with you. Jump in and have a ball. And do what you do for him now, because when we get to heaven we're going to rule and reign with him. I don't know what that entails, but I can't wait to figure it I can't wait to get there and find out. Let's pray. Frankie and Lois will be making your way down if you'll do that. Father, how clearly you are and how clearly it was to those disciples that day there on the Mount of Olives that. That you're going to, even though you're going to the cross, even though there would be generations and years and centuries. We would learn to walk by faith and live looking for your return. And one day you would return, you are returning. And one day you're going to return with all the angels of heaven and you're going to sit on your throne. And we as individuals, we as people are going to stand before you. Now, Father, it's encouraging. It's encouraging it's freeing it's truth to know that as we stand before you you may look and you will we don't do anything you say we don't even give a cup of water in your name but what you see that and you see that which we do and that which we leave undone but to know that that lord that you see our hearts and that our hearts reveal by what we do what we believe and we're accepted in you and out of that acceptance in you comes a love for you that just can't be stirred down. It's like a pot that's boiling over getting ready to make jelly. You can't stir it down, man. And we love you. Now, Father, those that are here this morning that uh, just need to say, God, I am tired of trying to work it and earn it. And I just want to throw up my hands and run into your arms. Say, forgive me, Lord, Jesus you did it all when you died for me and I believe that and from now on I'm going to do that I do I'm going to do it because I get to not because I have to and I'm going to worship you and I'm going to take time to worship you along the way that may be your heart maybe your heart that you say this morning hey wow this whole thing of just trusting him is new to me but that's where I want to be I know that's the truth I know that's God's word God's Holy Spirit has confirmed that to me this morning and I ask you to come into my heart Lord make me yours as I walk in relationship with you Father that which you said to your disciples rings clearly to us with these words you left them with watch watch be ready, live looking, worshiping. In your name we pray.